for always lower than you payroll and have a guy that has more money now? Is that? I think everybody expects that I do, but but the answer is no because the fact is I can't control the what resources other owners or other teams have and what they're going to do with those resources. I make the same commitment every year. My family does, which is to do everything we're able to do to feel a championship caliber team and try to win a World Series. And I will continue to do everything I'm able to do to accomplish it. Steinbrenner, when asked if it bothers him with how much the Mets and uh, their new owner, Steve Cohen, is spending, I absolutely love getting under his skin. I love how the Mets have been a winner so far this offseason, continue to spend big money trying to put together a contender on the field while the Yankees, the Yankees, my friend, are not the Yankees of old. And, and me and Max have talked about this in the past. Uh, this is another edition of Old School Sport. It's nice to see the tables are turning, or as Michael Scott would say, the turntables have. And with that, this is another edition of Old School Sport. I'm Victor Bruce Terry. Really looking forward to baseball. I already have not the opening day with not the home opener of the Mets. I have the second game of that series against the Diamondbacks, April 17th. Me and my dad, uh, April 16th, I apologize. Me and my dad going to the city field. First time in a while, I bought tickets to the Nationals. Again, not home, not opening day, but the second game of the season so that I can see Max Scherzer's first start, not only as a Met, but against his former team. Really looking forward to that. It's also March Madness, people. I think this is one of the best times of the year uh, when it comes to sports, sports events. I absolutely love March Madness. And I'll be honest with you, I'm hit or miss when it comes to the bracket. I'm either really solid. I have a couple of teams in the final four. I've predicted the winners in the past. I've won it all. And when said won it all, I've won the March Madness bracket groups a couple of times. And then there's been times where my winner has been out in the first round, I had Virginia when they were the first one seed to lose to 16 seed. And then a couple years before that, I had Louisville losing. I had Louisville winning it all, but they lost in the first round when they were a four seed. That was back in high school. Jeez. And, I mean, March Madness, I'll get into it just a little bit more in just a little bit. But uh, absolutely one of the best times of the year. As a sports fan, I absolutely love it. Uh, and the other time of the year, I really couldn't care less about college basketball. But March Madness uh, makes it that much more exciting. A lot of moves in the, in the MLB, NFL, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But list of the week. In honor of March Madness, in honor of doing a bracket, I would like to do top three most likely upsets that I have, that I have at least. And coming in number three, I like number 12, Indiana, over St. Mary's. Now, St. Mary's has had has had a couple of good wins this season. They did upset Gonzaga when they were the number one seed. They are a strong defensive team, as is Indiana. I like Indiana here because they had to play one of those play-in games. I always like teams that that are hot, that that had to uh, play their way into the tournament. Uh, obviously, don't always love them, but Indiana, another strong defensive team. I think they get the better hand on St. Mary's. Okay, next one. I like... South Dakota State over Providence. I really couldn't give you any reason other than I think that Providence plays for a weak conference. I think that they they 
should not be a number four seed in their region. They are the Big East regular season champs, but uh, again, regular season means absolutely nothing. The Big East is not where it once was. I like South Dakota State coming out of that one. And then finally, uh, my number one most likely upset. Uh, obviously, I can't do I, I can't do a nine over eight because that's uh, that's not really an upset. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, but I really like Michigan over Colorado State. Uh, Michigan should not even be in the tournament to many, but I'm a big fan of Juwan Howard. I, I was all for his actions with the Wisconsin coach. Uh, many people were upset that they even made the conference, but I'm going with Michigan. I think that Michigan makes a little bit of noise in this in this uh, tournament. I have them going on to the Sweet 16 and then losing to Villanova. And, I, and I'm just going to give you my... Final four because uh, by the time this this podcast comes out, uh, you'll have half a day to copy my uh, win racket. But uh, those are my three upsets uh, coming into it. Uh, and and then just to go on record as well, this is honorary just because uh, I like both of these teams. Uh, Rutgers, great story. They had a couple of great upset wins this season. They're they're playing a playing game against my favorite college football program, uh, Notre Dame. I, I, you know, again, I root for Notre Dame. I'm not a diehard Notre Dame fan, but I always like, uh, I always like them as a program. Uh, the winner of that I have beating Alabama, uh, and moving on to the round of 32. But anyway, my final four, just to wrap up. And then, uh, I'll give, see, all right. My final four right now is Duke, Purdue, Villanova, Wisconsin. Now, just before I get into that last thing, personally, I went to an Atlantic 10 basketball game last Friday. It was a last-minute decision. I had a great time. Uh, it was being played, hosted at Capital One the entire weekend. And I just said, screw it. I took off work and bought last-minute tickets. A, it was really cool because I got two games for the price of one. And it was only like, I bought two tickets. It was $60 total. First game was Davidson. Davidson absolutely Mopped the floor with, uh, I forget who they played, but uh, Davidson made it all the way to the championship. And then I got to see a great game between St. Bonaventure and St. Louis. And it came down to the final possession. Um, the Bonnies actually had a chance to go ahead with under three seconds left on free throws. The free throw shooter missed not one, but both of them. Then St. Bonaventure got the offensive rebound. The layup was no good, and St. Louis was able to hang on. It was a really exciting game. I couldn't, I couldn't care less about either team, but it was a really cool experience. I'm glad I went. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. The fans showed out uh, more so for St. Bonaventure, so it was a sad outcome. But uh, I had a great time and absolutely uh, do not regret my decision, my decision at all to go. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Uh, but my final four, Duke, Purdue, Villanova, Wisconsin. Right now I have Duke beating Villanova uh, in the championship. Can I just say, I do find it weird that we highlight and we celebrate the final four teams in this tournament. To me, it's either, uh, like I almost feel like they highlight and celebrate the final four more so than they do the actual champion when it comes to the NCAA college basketball tournament. 
And I, I don't know why that is. I just feel like there's a lot more hype, a lot more speculation, a lot more, uh, yeah, celebration when you make the final four uh, than you do for the final two and the uh, full-blown winner. But I absolutely love the tournament. Uh, things can change from now until then. Uh, I, you know, I just like Duke because I just see Shashevsky as great of a coach as he is. Him just rounding off into the sunset and winning, but it. But I've been weary the last week or so because a he lost his. Final, I really thought the loss to UNC in his final home game was going to propel them and put Duke, uh, light a fire under their ass and put uh, and and inspire them to go on this run, and then they lost to. Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. So I'm not really too sold on it. I, I don't know if this Duke team is good enough to win at all. But I, I just like the Like, if there was ever a story, if there was ever uh, a storybook ending for Coach K, this would be it. So right now I'm holding on to Duke. And then Villanova, uh, I, I don't usually take them. Uh, even when they won their two champions, I thought they were going to choke like they have done in years past. But... I don't know. I think I think I gotta change my tune on them and finally give them the credit, give Jay Wright the credit that they uh, so deservedly deserve. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean I just can't wait. I'm my playing tomorrow. I'm not working. Uh, just sit in front of a TV and watch games all day. I, I can't wait. Keeping track of my picks. I'm very 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 excited for March Madness. But. All right, moving on. Let's talk some baseball. So uh, a lot is unfolding now because baseball is back. We are now just under a month away from opening day. And we have a condensed offseason right now going on because of the lockout that the owners and commissioners selfishly imposed. Uh, greedy bastards. But we're moving on. We're moving on. And a lot of moves uh, just today alone, uh, I'm recording this episode Wednesday, Kyle Schwarber to the Phillies. Uh, absolutely hate that move. Uh, I hate it because it's a good move, and I and I absolutely despise, loathe the Philadelphia Phillies. I saw Jerry's Familia in Phillies gear, and, and I, I thought it was Photoshop for a second. I, I couldn't believe how disgusting that was to see. Uh, the Braves, uh, another NL East rival. They just went out and traded for Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics. Sad, and and I say sad because I I I don't like the Braves. I, I but I don't hate them as much as I do the Phillies, right? But but Freddie Freeman, okay. I don't know if there was a more likable guy on a rival than Freddie Freeman, and I was so sure that he was a lock to come back to the Atlanta Braves. But at the end of the day, man, we are once again reminded business is business. And the Braves saw an opportunity to go out and, I, you know, I think Freeman's a great first baseman. But go out and improve the roster. Uh, think about long term. And they went out and they replaced Freeman with Olsen. Freeman is still a free agent. A lot of people think that they uh, overthought their market. Um oversold their market so he's still a free agent uh not not sure what his contract is going to be not as high as maybe what he once thought but 
yeah, just at the day business business. I mean, the Braves general manager, when asked about Freeman, uh, I'm sorry, not asked about Freeman, asked about Olsen, uh, got choked up about uh, him replacing Freeman. And you don't usually see that. I mean, you never see a general manager get choked up over a player. So that was just another reminder about how nothing is guaranteed. Uh, today, I, I mean, nothing guaranteed. Uh, you could never expect uh, anything to go how you thought because the Rockies went out and signed Nolan Arenado to a seven-year, $182 million deal. Uh, did not see that coming. I'm very upset about that. I mean, that's crazy money, but I absolutely love uh, I'm sorry, not not Nolan Arenado. I'm sorry. Uh, they used to have Nolan Arenado. They went out and signed Chris Bryant. Seven-year, $182 million deal. Absolutely love Chris Bryant. I, I love him as a player, and he has the best eyes in all of baseball. But I was so hoping the Mets were going to go out and ink him to a long-term deal. I thought that he would be a great addition at third base. Really, their true, most true third baseman since David Wright uh left the team uh even before that when he went down with injuries so really sad to see Chris Bryant go to the Rockies now he's off the market Matt Chapman of the A's as well I mean listen Oakland Athletics man I I you want to talk about cheap it doesn't get much cheaper than the Oakland Athletics and their owner because there's no reason other than them not wanting to pay their stars money for why they're dropping off uh, all of their star players. I mean, they're dropping like flies. Uh, Matt Chapman off to the Toronto Blue Jays once again, uh, improving that roster, uh, making them a AL East contender. But I, uh, I'm really shocked. Uh, I I didn't really understand the moves from the A's, but that that organization really hasn't seen much success. Hasn't seen true success. Uh, one long-term success because they continue to refuse to pay their star players and continue to sell you on the idea, oh, we got a boatload of prospects, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, boatload of prospects for what? For them to get good for a couple seasons for you, only to you, only for you to trade them down the road and and just continue the rebuilding cycle? I, I, I just don't understand. But uh, my Mets, my Mets uh, still have a couple of holes to fill. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I absolutely love the trade. Speaking of the A's, they got their uh, all-star pitcher, Chris Bassett. I mean, you look at that rotation. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, it, it doesn't get much better than that. And I'm I'm so, so stoked. Uh, I talked about it a little bit to begin the show, but I, I don't know what the Yankees are doing. I mean, they weren't a good enough team to compete last season. They haven't really improved got much better. They they re-signed Rizzo, but they had Rizzo for the second half of the season, essentially last season, and still didn't make any noise when it came to the playoffs. Uh, starting pitching, again, besides Cole, to me, is is average. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, listen, it's a, it, a baseball is definitely heating up. Uh, the weather today was absolutely B-E-A-U-T-ful, and baseball is the first sign to me that spring is upon us. So we got a couple more weeks. I'm I'm super excited. I'm still debating whether or not I'm going to actual opening day for the Nationals because they play my Mets. I would once again see Jacob DeGrom on the mound for opening day. 
I gotta, I gotta make that decision. I got some things uh, currently scheduled, but I'm hoping uh, luck is in my favor. But we'll see. And moving on, uh, sticking with uh, off season and big time moves, the NFL, the NFL. So well, I talked about it a little bit last week. Obviously, quarterback carousel uh, went to Washington. Uh, we got Wilson to Denver. He's talking about winning another three, four Super Bowls. Rodgers bitching and moaning only for him to get essentially $62 million a year. Uh, I, I just don't want to hear him complain when when the Packers, once again, don't live up to expectations, don't live up to the hype. Come postseason, they get knocked out. Uh, in the divisional round, and he's there complaining, oh, uh, questioning his front office, questioning his organization, why they didn't retain certain guys, why they didn't go out and, and address certain needs, why they didn't improve the roster. Well, Rogers, they didn't because you literally are holding them captive with the amount of money you're demanding. Uh, it's kind of... Um, it's, it's shooting yourself, it's shooting your organization, shooting your team in the foot. And I just think that as a quarterback, uh, it, it's really pathetic and, and selfish. And speaking of the opposite of selfish and pathetic, well, uh, as a dad, I don't know if you could say that, but Tom Brady couldn't even go two months without returning to football. He is back. He announced that he will be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for this upcoming season, the year 23. And uh, I said that on the podcast, I, I was one of the first to think that this was not true, that he was, this was only a matter of time before he came out of retirement. I didn't think it was going to happen this, this soon, but uh, I mean, listen, the guy led the league in passing yards, touchdowns was one of the best quarterbacks in the league to go out on top when you can still do it just didn't make sense to me to anyone essentially and he drove the family narrative well uh, I guess Giselle and the kids drove him crazy because he's back and it'll be interesting to see because uh, again my biggest thing with the Bucks was even more so than Brady they weren't going to return all of their starters so now I'm interested to see how many guys they're able to retain, how they're able to improve and address the biggest needs on that team. Now, I also do think, like we talked about at the quarterback carousel, I also do think that Brady and the rest of the field had an impact on his decision to return because you think about it, right? You think about the great quarterbacks, you think about the great teams in the NFC. Obviously, the Rams, okay? Stafford, not going anywhere. Rams, yes, they've lost some guys, but they should still be a contender next year, defending Super Bowl champions, okay? Rodgers and the Packers, yes, I understand Rodgers is a great quarterback talent, but again, uh, he only has one Super Bowl title since being the starter for the Green Bay Packers. And, and they constantly disappoint year in and year out, no matter how they finish. And then besides that, who who's... Who's talently wise? Oh, okay, the Dallas Cowboys. They've you could argue they've gotten worse this offseason. The Mari Cooper was traded. I think that the Browns absolutely fleeced them, even though the rest of their moves don't exactly make sense to me. But that Amari Cooper trade to only give up a fifth, sixth round draft pick for Cooper. Randy Gregory spurned them. Originally agreed to a deal, and then he left a big D for for Denver. All right. 
besides that, I, I mean, my Giants are, are still so far away, even though I do like a couple of their signings. I did like the Glenkowski signing uh, offense garden from Indianapolis. But besides that, their biggest move has been a backup quarterback who, who I've always been a fan of. However, he can't stay healthy. Now, my biggest question with that move, Tyrod Taylor, was, okay, you wanted to get a number two quarterback in case your number one goes down again. Because we saw the Giants season completely derailed. Besides the offensive line, the lack of inept play from their backup quarterbacks, whether it was Jake Fromm or Mike Lennon, right? You want to improve your backup quarterback. I get it. But Tyrod Taylor also has an injury history. So that's the part I don't really understand. I was completely okay with him missing out on Trubisky. I think the Steelers are not going to get much from him. I don't believe that he's going to have a better take-two as a starter and be the franchise quarterback. Completely do not think that at all. But uh, that's my only thing. you got a backup quarterback, a, a solid backup quarterback when healthy, all right? But your biggest reason to get a solid backup quarterback is so that you can have a guy to rely on. Tyrod Taylor, I'm not sure if you can completely rely on. Not from he won't lose you game standpoint, but just in the standpoint that he can't stay healthy himself. Um and but I do I do like the increased competition and I do think that uh you know, again, hopefully this adds a little pressure to Daniel Jones and we'll we'll see the best come out of him from it. But getting back to the quarterback landscape, getting back to the team landscape. Besides the Rams, Packers, and Cowboys, okay, who in the NFC really scares you? Who in the NFC do you really think? Okay, because the Seahawks are done. The Seahawks have been done, but now without Wilson, they're really done. They're they're going into oblivion, essentially. Besides that, the Falcons, okay, maybe if they were able to pull off a Deshaun Watson trade, Panthers, same thing. We still have to see Saints, possibly the Sean Watson trade. We still have to see who comes away from the Watson sweepstakes. I get that. But besides that, NFC East teams, I, I, I think that Wentz showed that. I said this last week, Wentz showed how desperate Washington was for a quarterback. The Eagles, I I, I hope they continue to think Hurts is the guy because he's really not. NFC, NFC South, I went through. NFC North. Justin Fields, you think he's going to take a monumental leap in year two? Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, uh, like my friend Peter says, has the best agent in all of sports. The fact that he's getting $35 million a year uh, is absolutely incredible to, to what? Be selected to the Pro Bowls. But apparently that's good enough for Vikings fans like my friend Oliver. He he gets stoked to see Kirk Cousins in the Pro Bowl. But other than that, I mean, you really, I, I really think it was like Brady looked at it and was like, okay, all I really have to do is get through the Rams and I could be win, uh, playing for my eighth Super Bowl victory. So why not come back? And that that's how I view it. That's how I, because right now you could argue that he's playing in the worst division in football with all those three teams, all, all those three other teams, um, Saints, Panthers, and Falcons, how they're currently constructed. Now, you want to talk about the best division right now. It's the AFC West, and it, it continues to get even stronger and better. Khalil Mack, the Chargers, pulling off a blockbuster deal. Khalil Mack, 
<coughs> coming over from Chicago, adding uh, another defensive horse on that RA star-studded uh, defense. I, I just think that that was a great addition. I think that they continue uh, to get better. And I uh, once again, I, I'm so high on Justin Herbert. I think that he's going to take another step forward in year three. Look out for the Chargers. And then Von Miller just today leaving L.A. to go to Buffalo. I mean, you saw what the lack of pass rush did for Buffalo come the playoffs against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. They add a, a star defense player to that team. The only thing I hate is six years for Von Miller. That's a bit extreme. He's going to be nearly 40 by the time that deal is up. But again, the 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 Bills are not thinking about six years down, down the road. They're thinking about now. And right now, Von Miller makes that defense that much better. And uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, it's just... Oh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, we got to see where he ends up. Baker Mayfield getting all soft and sensitive just because the Browns were rumored. Apparently, they met with Watson. They're, they're in the Watson sweepstakes. Him coming out with a Twitter Twitter headline. Uh, I'm sorry, tw- a tweet um, essentially saying where his mind's at right now, thanking Browns fans. It was kind of pathetic to me. It was kind of sad. Uh, it was just odd, honestly, and... Listen, if I'm Cleveland, if I'm the Browns, I, I saw some people uh, defending him and everything. I saw some people questioning why why they were doing Baker like this. I mean, what has Baker really done? You just saw that he wasted a talented, still talented Odell Beckham Jr. while he was on the team. Do you really think that Baker is the focus point of this team? No, it's Nick Chubb. It's Kareem Hunt. It's that running game. And it's clear. But Watson would make you a dual threat offense. Watson would make you that much better. If you have an opportunity to go out and improve your team, you do it. And Baker's antics are tiring the front office. To me, they, they've been tiring. But when you don't go out and win games, uh, yes, he has a playoff win under his belt. But besides that, he's been a very middle-of-the-road quarterback. I, I, I don't think Browns fans should be too upset. And now, apparently, he's rumored that the Colts are his preferred destination. I don't know when he got so good that he can give them preferred destinations. I, I, I if I were the Browns, I would just laugh in his face and say, "Yeah, we're we're going wherever we can get the most for you." Julio Jones was released by the Titans. Uh, not much to say. Very disappointing season. Very disappointing impact that he had with Tennessee. But again, it, it's to me, it's not. Not even a debate. It's not who Jones' fault. It's it's sometimes the fit, but also Tannehill is not a good NFL quarterback. He's he's a game manager. He's he's nothing special. He to me he wasted the weapons that he has. He continues to waste the weapons that he has. And if I'm the Titans, I'm looking to move on. Uh, I've seen enough from him. I I've 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 been a big Tannehill hater, and I think that he's a product of a stacked support system. And if I were the Titans, I I would be calling about Watson. I actually love the idea of the Falcons go after Watson and get Watson, go out and make a trade for Matt Ryan. Uh, I also like that for the Colts. But, yeah, if I'm Mike Vrabel, 
Uh, I'm looking for ways to improve my team. And number one is Ryan Tannehill can no longer be my starting quarterback. I'm I'm so sick and tired. Uh, you, you can show me the numbers, whatever. The guy has had the best running back in the game for the last couple of seasons. The man has A.J. Brown. The man had Julio Jones, and, and he completely wasted him. Completely wasted him. So uh, I've... I've been calling this for a while now, but you look at the quarterbacks out there, there are better options than Tannehill. Yes, you miss out on a couple with Wilson. Wentz wasn't a better option, and obviously Rodgers wasn't, but don't do the same thing. I would go out, make a trade for Matt Ryan, see what you can, at least call the Texans about Deshaun Watson. I'm not touching Baker, and I don't think Jimmy G is an upgrade over Tannehill. It's about even, but if 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 Ryan Matt Ryan or Watson are available, you need to go out and make that happen because Henry only has a couple more great years behind him, and and AJ Brown again isn't gonna stay too happy for too long if the results continue to be disappointing. So, uh, if on the times I'm I'm looking to make a trade happen and uh, move on from Tannehill, but. What else? What else? Uh, I'm just really excited about everything, honestly. I'm excited for the start of March Madness. I'm excited for the start of baseball, NBA playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, listen, I don't really have much to say, honestly. Obviously, Kyrie Irving dropped 60 points last night. Cat dropped uh, 60 as well uh, a couple nights ago. But my biggest thing about basketball right now, and, and it's coming to a point where I, I, I'm starting to side with Kyrie. I really don't understand how he's allowed in the facility facility as a fan and watch the game being unvaccinated. and But he's not allowed to play the game in that same arena because he's unvaccinated. The rules are starting to really be fucked up. And yeah, and and I, I don't know. I'm again. I'm not team anti-vax or anything. But when when you really start to think about the logic and everything, I don't really understand how he's allowed into the Barclays Center being unvaccinated, but he can't play the game unvaccinated. It really doesn't make sense. And hopefully, uh, oh well. Speaking of that too, why it's going to affect baseball too? The New York City Mayor. Uh, I forgot his name. It's not really important. He's a politician. He doesn't actually get things done. But unvaccinated MLB players aren't going to be allowed to play in home games um, because, of course, that makes sense as well. Outside stadium, open air, all that, but they're not going to be able to play. I don't think the Mets, for the most part, will be affected. There's one in particular that I think has been outspoken and very anti-vax, and that's Brandon Nimmo. But besides that, I don't think it's going to affect my Mets too much. Aaron Judge uh, pulled, uh, doing his best Aaron Rodgers impression when asked if he's vaccinated. He said the time will come when we have to cross that bridge. Uh, why can't you just say yes or no? I, I, I don't understand why you have to be so vague about it. But, yeah, getting back to basketball, I mean, my Knicks continue to fight. The Knicks continue to look like a different team than they were for the first three quarters. It might be a little too little too late. But uh, very exciting game against Brooklyn on Sunday. Lost after, uh, lost in the final minute thanks to a Kevin Durant three-pointer. But listen, much improved on offense, much improved defensively. Uh, 
and I'm I'm excited to see the final home stretch. I in the end I I think they'll fall just short. Reports are saying that Thibodeau will be back for next season. I've been on board for that because show me a better option and I'll sign up for it. But until then, I'm all for Thibs continuing. We need some chemistry. We need some some continuity. Uh, give me Thibs for next season. Improve in the offseason. See what you can trade-wise. Hopefully Mitchell and the Jazz get out early and he demands a trade. See what you can do about Lillard. Maybe you can convince Beal in free agency if you promise him another big-time piece. But there's still a lot to be... Uh, Still a lot to be done when it comes to this roster. I don't think Thibs is the biggest problem with this team. But, all right. Uh, I think that'll do it for another edition of Old School Sport. I am Victor Pusteri. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Victor Pusteri. On Twitter and Instagram, sorry. And then at Old School Sport on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook, Old School Sport. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for tuning in.